Welcome to the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting, where two guys discuss and explore the challenges of parenting. They share their experiences, ideas, and perspectives as they search for ways to be better sons, husbands, and dads. Here are the hosts, Joseph Winkle and Taylor Greenhall. Hi, Joe. How are you doing today? I am great, Taylor. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing awesome. I'm excited about today's episode. And uh, first of all, we would like to say we hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. And uh, this is our first episode of the new year. And uh, it's a suggestion that you made in our conversation talking about New Year's resolutions and goals and, and what that might look like and kind of the struggle. And so I'm excited to talk about it. I think my comment was for all those poor people that set resolutions <laughs> and like everyone else, watch them crash and burn within two to three months as the averages. Yeah. I said, maybe we could think it just a little bit more about being intentional with our lives and how as we, as we do look forward to try to gain a vision of the kind of life we desire. Now for, for me and you, I know, uh, you know, we, we are really focused on fatherhood. Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, a lot of my motivation comes through setting goals that are about how I can uh, improve as a father, have more influence with my children while they're still with me and help them build good and successful lives. So I've had to, I've had to be more specific with my goals um, two things that really motivate me. Yeah. I mean, I can throw out a goal about fitness or a goal about this, but in the, in the end, you know, I need, I personally have learned I need to focus on things that have more depth and power. And so, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I'm interested today yeah. to see what we talk about. <laughs> Hopefully I'll yeah. get some ideas. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think we talk about Christmas as the most wonderful time of the year. And I would say New Year's <laughs> might be the most stressful time of the year. Uh, and I think, and I want to be clear, I'm not coming from a place of an expert goal setter. I've had my fair share of New Year's resolutions that I get to March and I go, ah, that's a, that was a stupid resolution. I'm just going to forget that one. And it is an overwhelming conversation. In fact, my wife and I will have this conversation every year and say things like, okay, what do we want to do with the family? And I, I immediately feel my stress level go up as we try to decide because it can be overwhelming to say, what do we want to do with our family this year? And I've actually read some books about it, and and I have some stuff, some thoughts I wanted to share, uh, and I'm, things I'm hoping to incorporate into my life this year. Because I'm, I'm with you, a lot of my resolutions have changed from things that I want to accomplish personally to focusing more on my family, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my wife. Um, but it is an interesting thing because you, you brought up a point about New Year's resolutions failing, and most of them do. In fact, I was having a conversation with a gentleman a few weeks ago who was a personal trainer. And in the conversation, he said, yeah, I'm just gearing up for January because January is the time I get the biggest rush of clients. And then February, March, they kind of start to die off, and then I have a more normal schedule. And it's true, you know, we often make that joke that gyms are packed in January and then February and March, they just kind of go empty, down. But it's, empty it's, by it's, April. It's, it's real. <laughs> it is a real phenomenon. And, it, and it's overwhelming because every year you, you have this thought, it's a new year, I can be a new person, I can set these goals, this is going to be my year. And then 
you get halfway through the year and you go, okay, maybe next year. And, yeah. and it's a frustrating, it's a frustrating, I can say from a personal experience, it's a frustrating place to be. And, uh, I actually, I was, I heard a, I don't remember if I read this in a book or I heard it in a presentation once, but the author was saying, I would invite you instead of setting New Year's resolutions, set New Year's habits. And it rang true to me because he kind of gave some ideas and I came up with some of my own thoughts on why uh, New Year's resolutions fail, why we struggle to hold them for so long. And one of the things was that you have to wait for a year to measure any level of success, right? If I get up and say, okay, starting January 1, I'm going to exercise every day for this year, you know, obviously that's an overwhelming goal. I will either identify failure very quickly or uh, let's say I do it for six months. I still, I'm still six months away from identifying whether I'm successful or if I've failed at that goal. Hmm. Whereas if I set a, if I try to create a habit to do things in a more healthy way, you can almost immediately start measuring success. I love that idea, the idea of establishing habits yeah. rather than goals. And uh, because, of course, habits become our behavior and our behavior becomes our actions and our yeah. actions do become our life. Right. It's a, life, it's a lifestyle. Um, my other thought was this, and I'll use a personal example uh, from our family, but if you... I feel like if you say, I'm going to do this for a year, and maybe I don't quite reach that goal, but I come close, you, you still approach it with a negative thought of, I failed, as opposed to, I've accomplished something great. If I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year, and I only lose 40, I walk away this year as a fa- feeling like a failure, when in reality, uh, for, losing 40 pounds is a pretty good accomplishment for a year, right? So the example, my wife and I set a goal uh, one year with our family, uh, and it was such a fun goal, too, was to every month um, learn about a different culture through reading, researching, and then the, kind of the pinnacle of the event was we'd have a meal that was from that culture, yeah. whether it was from a restaurant in town or we tried to cook our own. And we just thought this is a good way to teach our kids about different cultures. Uh, my wife has traveled a lot. I've traveled quite a bit. I lived overseas. So we've both experienced different cultures to an extent. And it's something we wanted to incorporate in our children's lives as much as we could. You know, ultimately we'd like to travel with them as well, but when they're old enough to appreciate it. But we thought this is a good, you know, starting point to help them understanding, uh, understand a little bit more about different cultures. So we did, and we started pretty good, and we did, you know, we had a really good Indian restaurant, and then we tried some, uh, I think, Japanese and German and all these different cultures we learned learned about. Uh, but we didn't quite make it the 12 months. We didn't, we didn't get it every month uh, in like we had hoped to. But ultimately, we had six or seven or eight really cool experiences, yet we sensed some frustration with my wife and I. We were saying, well, we didn't do it. We failed, yet... My kids had six or seven really cool experiences where we got to talk about different cultures. We got to read about different cultures. We'd watch YouTube videos about different things. We'd eat the food. And I thought, by any other measure, if you say, in that year, man, I learned about seven new cultures, and I tried their food, and I read about their traditions and their customs, that's a pretty successful learning experience. Yet, by our maybe unfair or impossible standards that we set for ourselves... We kind of felt like, oh, we failed at this. We didn't do it as well as we wanted to. Well, you know, and it's this reminds me of comparison. You know, I've right. heard that comparison is the 
thief of happiness and mm-hmm. joy. And so imagine you were comparing though to someone who said, we want to learn about one culture this year. Well, you would have seven times that. <laughs> right. Right. So they would think that you're an incredible success. But of course, in our own eyes, well, we didn't hit 12. And so it's, a, this is an important factor in setting goals is to recognize success and, and celebrate it. I think that's something my real weakness is when I do see some success. Instead of celebrating as it's coming, as I'm experiencing it, I'm waiting for that end the to fully complete it before I allow myself the chance. Right. Probably a fear of failure. Yeah. And I think we've talked about intentionality with our words and our actions. And I think one thing I'm learning about myself is I have to be intentional, even the way I talk about things that I want to inco- to accomplish. My wife and I just last week had a conversation about uh, the new year and, and things we wanted to do as a family and things that we feel are important. And one thing I know is important to you and your family and is to my family as well is uh, studying the scriptures. The scriptures are a big part of our life. The reality is we need to do better. Me personally and my family, we need to do better. And it's something that we've kind of struggled with. And uh, my wife and I were talking about that and the biggest thing is the time. When are we going to do it where our kids are going to be more focused? And, you know, with my job as a, as an educator, sometimes depending on where I'm working, I have to leave before as my kids are just waking up and eating breakfast. So I think, well, that's not a great time. And then we got bedtime, which is always a stressful time. So, uh, we, you know, I had the conversation with my wife and I was very intentional about how I even presented it as, instead of saying I'm, we're going to do this every day at this time. Is I said, I'd like to try to do it right after dinner where we're all together anyway and we can take 15 minutes and spend some time in the scriptures. Now again, it, I, I don't want to approach it by saying, well, that's a cop-out by saying I'm not holding myself accountable for doing it every day. But again, if I'm trying to create a habit, I, I want to give myself some the grace. grace. Yeah. So if on Wednesday... It's just a stressful dinner time and we don't get the scripture study in. I can go to bed and say, okay, tomorrow is a new day that I get to try and I don't have to wait an entire year to try to be perfect at it. But I can say, okay, I can do better as I'm trying to build this habit with my family. I can do better tomorrow. I don't have to wait a month or a year. I can do, or even a week, I can do better tomorrow. And I think that's a powerful thing when you're talking about building a habit. Funny, I don't know how Jim will edit that, but we both said grace at exactly (laughs) the same time. So it probably warrants just a a brief mention of this concept of grace. You know, grace is a powerful principle to Christians. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best definition I've heard for grace is the enabling power. It's the power beyond ourselves, a power beyond us that God offers. And it's through His power that our small, almost insignificant effort is magnified and even brings us to that place where we seek to be through his grace. Mm-hmm. And, and though as a Christian, I, I love grace and I, I seek it constantly. I pray for grace. Um, yet it's so interesting how little grace I offer myself. Right. And I think that would be an important, I'd love that you're bringing this up, that this is an important aspect to change yeah. is grace and giving ourselves a chance to go through change and not just 
one day be one person and expect the next day we can be a completely different person. It just doesn't seem to be the way change happens. It's usually slowly over time. And in my experience, real change happens very much to the grace of God. Yeah, and I think I'll just add to that. I think maybe we were both inspired to say that word at the same time is that I, what you just said is you hit the nail on the head. You know, if you said, if you came to me and said, Hey, I wanted to set this or create this habit with my family and I missed it on the third day, I missed it. I'd say, give yourself a little bit of a break. Yeah. You're probably not giving yourself as much as a break as I would give you. And the same would be true for me if. You came to me and said, hey, cut yourself a little bit of slack, I'd say, but I'm a perfectionist. That's um, that's how I want to be, and it's a, I, I'm, I'm trying to become a, a good enoughist, is what I've heard, because uh, uh, I don't think anyone is expecting perfection, um, but that's the danger in setting these goals and saying, I'm going to do this every day, is we're setting ourselves up for failure, and I just love this idea of you may not feel that way, but you're deserving, or not you, but you in general are deserving of some grace. So allow yourself to to have a little bit of grace and just try to be better tomorrow than you were today. And if, if tomorrow ends up being a bad day, try to be better the next day than you were yesterday. So I agree, I think. And I think this is a good place to start this conversation, you know, on setting goals and how do we move forward intentionally towards the life we desire, whether it's in our relationships, in our career, in our health, what, how do we move forward? Well, one of the first things we've talked about is, well, don't, uh, number one, be realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, Focus on something that has real meaning, that has some depth to you. We've talked about setting habits as your, your desire instead of goals. Mm-hmm. which is more about the end result where the habit is more the process of building something. And now we've, we've focused on probably the most important is grace. And that is the grace God provides us. And we should follow his example by being a little bit more gracious to ourselves. I think that's a, a great platform to now look at. Well, how does this work? How do we do that? Yeah. And I would add one thing that I think is helpful to me and, uh, and that's having a partner to keep you accountable. And for me, that's my wife. Um, oftentimes, I find myself nervous to talk to her about things I want to do or habits I want to create. And I used to think it was because maybe I was, maybe she'd say, well, that's unrealistic. Or if I say, I want to lose 50 pounds, I want you to keep me accountable. Not that my wife would do this, but she might say, well, let's start with 20, you know. But in reality, I think the real reason I was nervous to tell her to talk to my wife about these things is she's a really great accountability partner. She will <laughs> remind me every day, right? As I'm eating she a do- takes her job seriously. Eating a donut. She'd say, remember your goal to lose 20 pounds? And wow. I'd say, well, I'll start tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. That's just a made-up example. <laughs> but But the reality is I have learned, hopefully as I've matured a little bit um, as I get older, that if I want to... If I want to be more successful in creating a habit that will stick and be meaningful and influential to my family, I'm much more likely to be successful if I have a conversation with it with my wife about it. Because 
then there's an expectation, right? There's an expectation if, if, if you're working as a team, um, someone is relying on you to do your part to make, to make those goals stick or those habits stick. You know, I was at a uh, conference for my industry with a, uh, a top leader in our industry. He's uh, authored and he did this presentation. We went all the way to our whole office to California to receive some coaching from him. We all had to buy his book. He had this program. And while there in the hotel came one of the top coaches in our industry in the world, um, well known. And when they, they knew each other, the author we were talking to and learning from, and then uh, this uh, great coach. And so he said, would you mind coming in just for five minutes and talking about your coaching program? And he, so he walks into our group of, uh, you know, 50, 60 professionals and says, I'm not here to hijack this training. I just want to say, yeah, I have a coaching program. I personally don't even coach now. I, I have coaches that do that for me because we've grown too large. But I'll just tell you one thing. 99% of what we do is accountability. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you can find yourself a good accountability partner, you don't even need my system. That's really what we're doing. And we train them to be good accountability coaches. So I love that principle that you're talking about. So this would be, you know, again, that next step. Well, what's the first thing that you can do is have some accountability. And I think for myself, just again, things that we've heard and have been accepted as true, to write down a goal. That a, a goal not written is nothing more than a wish. Right. I think I think that is, you know, there is a process where things go from thought to they come into existence. So for me, it begins with a thought and idea. Well, we have thousands of thoughts and ideas a day, but there's a few that you you stick with. And if you keep that thought going, eventually it will find its way into words. You'll start to express that thought into words. And as you start to um, put energy into those words, they will manifest into action. You'll actually um, start to do the things you talk about. And this works on both sides, negative and positive. So we have to be careful and intentional. If we, there's a life we're seeking to build, we need to decide what thoughts to focus on, to then take those thoughts, write them down, and start speaking those thoughts out as if we believe them, and then eventually start acting in a manner that brings those thoughts and ideas into reality, mm-hmm. and having someone that can help us remember that and just be supportive and accountable um, is a good process. So those are, I think, some powerful principles to beginning this idea of how mm-hmm. do we intentionally build, start building the life we desire. Yeah, and, and habits can be powerful uh, influences in, in how our life turns out. And it's fun for me to see my children uh, get to an age where they have things they want. In fact, I was just talking to my oldest son, who's really into Legos. He loved, Both my kids are really love Legos. There's a certain type of Lego toy or set that is bigger there's more pieces takes a lot longer to accomplish but those are usually the things that are the cool like uh the millennium falcon from star wars is one that uh, my son has really had his eye on also quite expensive i'll say that and my son it was interesting because these principles came to light in a conversation i had with him the other day where he came to me and said 
Dad, I really want this Lego Millennium Falcon, but it's, I don't know, $250. I don't remember how much it cost. And he said, do you think I can earn $250 in a year? And I said, I absolutely do. And he said, well, that seems like a lot of money. And I said, well, it is a lot of money, but you start by making, setting a goal to make $20. And then you make $20, you say, okay, I'm going to make $20 more. And we have things in place for our kids to uh, make some money. Um, but it was interesting to see him get overwhelmed by the magnitude of this thing. And I think that's the way that we approach these things sometimes is we say, okay, I've got to, do, at least me, I say, I've got to do this all at once. Or if I don't know exactly how uh, this is going to turn out in the end, I, it's too overwhelming for me. So to that, I would say, just like I said to my son, don't be afraid to start small. It doesn't mean your ideas are small or your abilities are small, but it gives you a greater chance at success. I was reading a book where the author was telling about himself how he struggled to get be in shape and he said as he analyzed it it's because his goals were always exercised for two hours a day and he like just like you said he went from he was trying to go from nothing to two hours a day and it's it's very quickly that you that you start to feel like you're failing and so I'm laughing right now, thinking if I tried to start exercising two hours a day right now, <laughs> then uh, we could uh, write my obituary <laughs> right now to go from level zero, that's right. where I'm at right now, to two hours a day. It, it reminds me of that saying that the journey of a thousand miles yeah. begins with a step. And yeah, this, again, yeah. would be an important principle in setting your, right. establishing your habits would be to break them out into very small parts. Something manageable. Yeah. And that's what he, exactly what he said. And so he changed his, the way he was writing this goal to create a habit to do one push up a day. It was his mm -hmm. first goal. And he said, I know that's something I can accomplish. I don't have to drive to a gym. I don't have to buy uh, workout clothes or workout equipment. And, uh, and he shared a funny experience where he was just lay down to bed, pulled the covers up and he realized he forgot to do his one push up. And he said his mind almost went to this feeling of failure, but he thought, oh, I could do it right here. So he turned over, did one push-up on his bed, and he uh, put his head on the pillow and said, I did it. I exercised today. But the point he was making is he says, now I'm, he said, he's lost a lot of weight. He, he said, now I do exercise two hours a day. Um, and it, but it started from doing one push-up a day, and it eventually built to exercising two hours a day. Now, I think the easy default uh, example to use are these fitness goals because we always make them, but that could be anything. You know, I, 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 um, I want to take my kids on big trips by themselves. That's a goal I have because I love the experience I have with my children one-on-one. -on -one. And I used to live in Alaska, and so I have these dreams of taking my kids on a fishing trip to Alaska. And I want to do it right now, but my kids probably aren't as interested as they will be when they're teenagers. It's hard. It's uh, it's heavy work, I should say, to fish for some of these big fish in Alaska. So I think, man, instead of getting overwhelmed, my wife and I try to spend one-on-one -on -one time with our kids at least once a month. Uh, something simple that we can do at home, just taking them out to eat or mini golf or whatever. But I just think the goal of taking my kids fishing in Alaska isn't to catch the biggest fish or whatever. It's the time. That's what I want is the time with my kids. So I can still do that on a smaller scale as our relationship builds and we build to that bigger goal, if that makes sense. Oh, perfect. And I, I think that's a great 
example to use is to start small. I, I think also it's important to realize that there is a power of a behind accomplishment. Yeah. And powerful as failure can be, but that pushes us back down into the dirt and says you can't do it. So powerful is accomplishment. And accomplishment comes from simply doing what you say. And so if this is something we haven't focused on, start small. Find accomplishment. The reality is, I don't know if anyone's ever had this experience where you've written out your goals for a day and you go about doing them and then you get to your, back to your list and you realize you haven't checked, that you've accomplished things but you didn't check them off. Mm-hmm. And you go back and you check off the, they're already done, yeah. but you, you want to check that yeah. box. And it's because it does, I'm sure there's a, a chemical reaction to this physically, but the reality is the sense of accomplishment is powerful and it builds. And so starting small, manageable things that we can, that we do believe we can do, because I think that would be the second, but maybe even the most important thing. You have to believe you can do yeah. it. You don't have to know it. You won't know it till it's done, but you do have to believe. And the funny thing is, is, is we're talking about this as, as I want to improve my health. I think, you know what? I could do one pushup. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could do two, but I could do one. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my goal today. One pushup today and I'll feel yeah. great. I think, uh, I think this has been a fun conversation to have. We've kind of made it a little bit lighthearted, but I think it is something that I will take seriously. I'm excited for the opportunity, especially as a father, to create some habits that are that allow me to uh, better understand my kids, build a stronger relationship with them, build a stronger relationship with my wife, and together create a, an environment that we want for our family. And I think that's the value in having this conversation. We always wait for the new year to set these goals or create these habits, but we can do it any time. And I think a goal or a habit centered around becoming a stronger parent, a more in tune father is something that is of great value to me. It's something I'm looking forward to. And I, we hope that uh, if you're listening to this, this is helping to motivate you to um, establish those habits that that help you better build the life that you desire to live uh, as a father or as a husband or wife, as a parent. And so I appreciate you, Joe, uh, kind of inspiring me to inspiring this conversation uh, for the new year. And it's been a fun one to have. Thank you. And uh, appreciate all you who've listened to this podcast and who continue to listen to this podcast. And again, we'd invite you to uh, share and subscribe to this podcast and uh, we hope you have a have had a wonderful uh, new year and Christmas season and, and wish you all the best for this upcoming year. Have a great day. We are so glad you could join in on the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting. You can find us on all the best podcast sites. Please subscribe and share. And be a part of the conversation by sharing your ideas, posing questions, and making suggestions. Drop us a line at fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. That's one word, fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. This segment was recorded and engineered by Jim Fugate. The music for this podcast was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alitu, the podcast maker. Find your own free music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music.